rules are an interesting thing because we kind of love them, but we also hate them. Like, like hunting. I love the rule that you can't just shoot whatever deer you want at whatever time you want because if we did that, we wouldn't have any deer to shoot and hunting wouldn't be fun anymore. But I hate that rule when I'm coyote hunting and a huge six by six walks about 200 yards in front of me and I'm like, surely, surely even God would want me to break this rule at this point. <laughs> there is, there's this love-hate relationship. Isn't it, isn't it true that when a rule comes in our favor, we love rules? And when it flies in our face, we hate them. Golfing, for example. When I hit a terrible shot and it's hitting, you know, hidden between trees and my, my buddy's like, play it as it lies. That's the rule. Play as it, you know, you're like, be quiet. Three holes later, he hits it and it's on like the muddy shore of a pond and you're like, play it as it lies, right? Because now the rule's in your favor. Or when we're right and the rule backs us up. That's why we love Google. Google's like the referee for every rule debate. We can just ask it. Or when a rule validates my already existing preference, then I love the rule. For example, when I heard that Italians have one of the healthiest diets in the world and they drink on average a bottle of wine a day, I was like, of course. That's a great rule for life, right? Because it, fly, it goes with what I think. But then there's also when a, rule, when a rule validates our own preference and then someone tries to enforce the rule, we begin to not like it. For this, for example, I might like coming to Mass. And I'm talking to a friend, I'm like, I like going to Mass. Mass is funny. He says, well, you should, because you have to go to Mass. And then you're like, well, maybe I won't. <laughs> the problem with all of these is it's all based on me. My wants, my wishes, my desires. And when I hear the word law, I think limit. And when I hear the word commandment, I think constraint. With God's law, you can't just take it or leave it based on your preferences. The Ten Commandments that we hear about today are not just another arbitrary set of rules. But sadly, we treat them as such most of the time. But here is something the Jews did not. The Jewish people saw the law, they saw the commandments as a gift. One of the highest goods that was given to their people. And they strove to conform their lives to the law. It was insight, knowledge, light given to them by God so that they would learn how to live a good and happy life. But I don't think most of us see the commandments as gifts. And this is, I think, because we miss the context of how the Ten Commandments were given. God didn't just drop the Ten Commandments on Israel and say, good luck, live it, see ya. He first dramatically liberated them from slavery in Egypt. They were slaves for 430 years. They had no life, no hope, no future. They were tools for the Egyptians. They were enslaved, you guys, twice as long as we have been a country. Imagine how they viewed themselves. And out of this, God performs this dramatic rescue from bondage. And then having freed them from slavery, tyranny, he gives them this law. That means that the one who gives law liberates. 
He doesn't, if he wanted to leave them constrained and slaves and limited, he would have left them in Egypt. He didn't. And Jesus then sums up the whole law today by essentially saying this. Love the Lord with everything you got. Don't hold anything back. And truly put him first. How do we do that? I would like to focus on one particular way this evening. This last week we celebrated the Feast of All Saints. Which is a holy day of obligation. You may not know this, but every week there is a holy day of obligation. Sunday is a holy day of obligation. And it amazes me how people make Sunday Mass but miss the other ones. We are expected every week to respond to the Master's invitation to come to His altar, to listen to His Word, to understand how we are to live well, to feed upon His flesh so that we can receive strength to live the life of holiness. He asks us for one hour every week. You know, actually, I got to tell you this story. It was amazing. I promise this fits in to the homily. (laughs) I get a little ADHD sometimes. But it just popped into my head. This last week, I was going, I was going to go back to, I was going to return something to Shields that I had bought. It was a little range finder. And as I was driving back, or driving over there, my gas light came on. And I was like, oh, no, you know, my ne- I've never really ran it down. And I figured, well, that's okay. I'll just fill up. Well, then I realized I didn't have my wallet with me. <clears throat> and I'm like, well, that's okay because I have the rangefinder and the receipt. So I'll just get cash back and then I can fill up after I return the thing, right? No big deal. So I get to Shields. I go in. I return the thing. I get it back. I remember exact. The reason why I remember the exact amount you'll see in a second. It was $168 and, and some cents. And I come back out, so I got the money with me. I'm like, going to go fill up. It's great. And as I'm walking out through the parking lot at Shields, I see this guy kind of in the back of the parking lot. His hood is up. I mean, it's rough. Like, his car, is, his pickup's not looking good. So I go up to him, and I'm like, hey, man, like, what's up? And he's like, he's like I don't know. He's like, I started my car. I just started smoking. He's like, I got to get back to Linton. If I don't get to Linton, I'm not going to be able to, like, keep my job. And I'm like, wow. You know, I'm like well, how, how much do you think it's going to be? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, tow truck's coming. And I was like, tell you what, buddy. I got 168 bucks. It's yours. So I gave it to him. I felt pretty good. You know, I'm like, good priest, doing good work. <laughs> Until I got back in my pickup and started it, and the gas light was still on. And then I'm like, I just gave away all my money. <laughs> so I had to have the humility to go back to the man and say, hey, uh, do you think I could get five bucks back? And he said, no. <laughs> it gets worse. I was like, buddy, come on. I gave you $168. Give me my money back. He's like, it's mine now. And I'm like, can I have a dollar? I'm out of gas. And he said, no. I totally made that story up to prove a point. (laughs) Did you hear the gasp of people when I asked for one dollar and he said no? My friends, there are 168 hours in a week. God owns them all. And he gives us all of them. And he simply asks for one back. 
If we can't give him that one back, we are no better than that man in the story. I hear so often from people, Father, we go to church when we can. I often say to people, does that apply to your marriage and fidelity? Yeah, we're faithful when we can. No. No, it's, it's a law of your marriage. You stay true to one another. It's a serious sin to miss Sunday Mass. Now, if you're at your house and you're sick and vomiting, there's a blizzard, your kids are puking all over the place, stay home. <laughs> God gets that. But to know that you are to be here and to have the means to be here and to say no, that's a dangerous thing. <clears throat> I preached on this one time and I had a guy come up to me after Mass. He waited till everybody was gone and you could tell he was mad. And he came up to me and he said, are you trying to tell me that if I miss Sunday Mass just once, just once, because I don't want to go, that I could go to hell? And I said to him, sir, I would like to answer that with a question. If your wife cheated on you just once, just once, would that be enough for you to leave her? And he just stared at me and walked out the door. The Lord invites us here not to ruin our Sunday, to take away from the freedom of a nice Sunday morning. He invites us here to give us strength to live the life of holiness to hear proclaimed from this altar, from this ambo, the way to live in a fallen world. God isn't taking attendance. He doesn't want your physical presence in this church. He wants your heart. That's what Jesus is saying today. The number one commandment, give him your heart. That's why St. Augustine said, love God and then do whatever you want. Because if you love him, you don't need any constraints. You don't need any rules. I often say at weddings, I say to the groom, do you need the rule? Thou shalt not murder thy fiance. <laughs> and he looks at me funny and he says, no. And I say, why not? And he says, because I love her. That's it. If we love him, we don't want to hurt him. We want to be with him, receive from him. And so, my friends, here's the challenge. Let us do everything we can to come prepared every Sunday and be on time. And to all of you who have children, it is amazing that you are here. I want to thank you. And never feel that if your child is acting up that you are ruining our prayer. The beautiful sound and cries of a child reminds us the youthfulness of the church. And I know it's difficult. The reason I know that, my cousin has triplets. <clears throat> and he went, we had a wedding. My brother and I did the wedding. He showed up and all three of them were in tuxedos. Little tiny. Everybody's like, that is so cute. He's like, yeah, real cute. When I got the third one in the tuxedo, the first one pooped his pants. <clears throat> so I get it. I get it. But to the rest of us, we know what time Mass begins. Let us do everything 
We can, to be on time and come prepared, read through the readings before we get here, so that we receive more. People often say, I don't get anything out of Mass. Well, what do you bring to it? How do you prepare? I spend hours preparing for Sunday Mass. And the final challenge is this. Stay. Stay. November is here and Thanksgiving is almost upon us, the great feast of gluttony. (laughs) But I could never even imagine that right after I was done eating my Thanksgiving dinner with my family, that I would get up and walk out the back door. I can't imagine doing that without first stopping to my dear mother and saying, thank you. Thank you. The least we could do is that. Sometimes I think the greatest prayer we can say to God is thank you. And so at the end of Mass, I invite all of you to stay. And after we pray the St. Michael prayer, I'm going to come down and we're going to kneel down and we're going to spend 30 seconds in loving gratitude to our God who gives us 168 hours every week. And we're going to thank him for the life that he has poured into our hearts and beg him that we might truly love him with our whole mind, strength, soul, and heart.